the grocery store. You know that we're all ears of corn now. <laughs> yeah. I said we're all ears of corn now. That's funny. Yeah. We're on. All right, guys. What's going on, man? You are live right now on the Zach Moonshine Show. Oh, Hello. Right. How you doing? Doing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have Sonny Vincent and Bobby Liebling from The Limit. Can you tell us uh, what's going on in the world of The Limit right now, man? Oh, we're yeah, limited. Man. We're limited to being <laughs> in a pandemic. Fucking pandemic, man. How, how has this pandemic been for you guys so far? Can't have as much fun as before, can we? No. No. No crazy hotel parties. <sighs> <laughs> but you guys made one hell of a one hell of an album, man. Like, uh, tell Thank us about, tell us about this record, man. What? How did it come? How did it come together? And uh, what got it started? And and everything. Go for it, man. Yeah. Okay, we um, we recorded it before the pandemic hit. We recorded it in uh, Portugal, and uh, well, Bobby, um, I was up. Uh, I was like. Uh, <laughs> Like I was in a foreign land and like I was at one of these um, kind of places where all the folks, you know, they're, they're kind of free spirits and they, they remove their clothes and just kind of frolic. And there was one old man that kept rubbing up against me. And I said, hey, man, I don't like that. And that was Bobby. You know? That was Bobby? <laughs> that was Bobby. <laughs> Don't do that, please. The moon. So then we said, "I said, oh, you're a musician. Let's let's just make music instead of this." And he said, "Okay." And so then we just got our clothes on and recorded the album. Holy shit, man! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> we did we did record it in Portugal before the pandemic hit, and um, but then it did hit, and uh, we we had to do the mixing remote, which was a uh, which. Was, tough task but we we did it because we had a great engineer this paulo vieira guy from portugal really cool dude but um yeah me and bobby didn't really know each other in fact bobby myself and jimmy weren't really you know that close before we decided to record at all, at all yeah. really i had known jimmy i had met jimmy several times when i used to live up in brooklyn new york and uh i didn't know sonny at all i just yeah. heard about him yeah, and uh, I don't know. Someone played my music for Bobby, and you know what? What happened after that? I went. Stuff <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> after he heard my music, like he always does. And um, well, he called me, and um, we just were talking on the phone, and you know, goofing around like this. You know, just got along. Like I said, wow, this me and Bobby get along good. And then we decided to get serious and um we're gonna make an album together and it, it all it all worked out um we went to portugal and that that was a it was, was kind of like a nightmare the whole portugal experience recording the album the safe harbor was in the studio because we we all did what we know how to do and um and that went that went really cool and we didn't really have a plan you know we didn't like uh um, a lot of people are kind of methodical or, you know, like, but we weren't operating on that way. We didn't say like, okay, we're going to make an album. We'll do 40% punk, 40% hard, heavy rock and, you know, sprinkle some flash on it. We just got together and, and did what we do and it, we were hoping it would work out. Yeah. It sounds really natural, man. Like, I mean, it, 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 uh, 
and it, and it all comes together with i mean the album just really sounds great from front to back it's just a it's perfect you, man. man i love thanks it. man yeah i love thanks. it man uh can you tell us a little bit about your history man because i know uh you guys both and everybody in the band has a pretty uh pretty long history man can you tell us a little bit about that we uh let's see i've been i've been playing music for over half a century professionally and sonny has also and jimmy actually has also and uh the two young guys in the band uh, uh the two babes are uh in their 40s and we've been all playing you know in bands for a long time i've been in pentagram for 50 years sonny was with testers and many other bands uh doing mostly solo stuff through the years and uh Jimmy was, uh, of course, in the Stooges between uh, Funhouse and uh, Raw Power album. And uh, Hugo Conum and uh, Juan Ventura are from Dawn Rider. They're an infamous uh, Portugal Portuguese rock band. They play heavy hard rock. They're also in Clockwork Boys, another punk band from Portugal that are really dynamite. Awesome. awesome. So... Well, yeah, and I, I started out. Um, I started out playing gigs in New York, um, in in like the very very end of the '60s, like I say, like '69, '70, one or two gigs, and then more. But when I started playing, um, the whole scene in Greenwich Village was gone. It was like during the hippie scene, there were nightclubs up and down the streets in the village, and there was you know the electric circus had Hendrix and yeah, Steve Ball scene. The, yeah, and like by the time I was you know ready to do my thing, all those places were mostly closed and like we played the electric circus which had later become the dom when the velvet underground played there and then after that it turned back into the circus and when i played there it was like this husk left over from the 60s like there was no scene it was like uh for original bands you had to already have an album out and have great promotion and people have your album at home and then you would do some gigs so a new band back then was playing in this kind of strange like david lynch empty industrial kind of backdrop and you know you'd play a show i remember i played one show with um the dogs from detroit and a group called suicide the duo and uh there's like 20 people at the gig so it was really a wasteland until CBGB's and Max's Kansas City opened up, and then things got really amped up and 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 you know vitalized. It was like yeah, I great. think the Fillmore was closed already too, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, it, it, and 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 plus the groups that did play the places like the Fillmore and the Academy of Music and stuff were they were just established groups. So like for you know right. for a new new uh, you know group to play, it was kind of difficult until you know. CBGBs and, and, and Max has opened up and then it went wild. Hell yeah, man. You mentioned uh, David Lynch, dude, and, and that, I mean, when I seen the album cover, that's that's what I think. Uh, can you tell us about the album cover? Like, what, what how did you guys get that done and uh, is there a story behind it? I, I love the album cover. I'm really happy with the album cover. Yeah, it's really um, kind of 3D looking. <laughs> Yeah, our friend Pellet was helping out with um, sending me, like, you know, links to different artists and stuff. And um, I wound up narrowing it down to, you know, a couple of things, which then I sent to Bobby to get his green light 
and both Bobby and I, we, we, we kind of connect to music that's desperate. You know, there's, we always like it, you know, if we hear a new band and if they've got this kind of hunger and this desperateness about them, it's very attractive to us. And um, so, and, you know, a lot of the music that we connect to, you know, has that kind of um, hungry desperateness, you know, there's other stuff that's fun and joyful, but we, we did connect on that. So we felt like, there was a element of that in the, the album cover. Man, I totally hear that in this in this record. Like it sounds like a hungry young band. Like it doesn't sound like uh, it, it's it's you know it's it's. I mean, uh, a lot of times when when bands that have been around for a long time and they put something out new, it I don't know. It doesn't sound like this, man. Like this sounds like it's fresh. It's really cool, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think, I think you know, I mean, the record company said, you know, super group, but I think that both Bobby and I have been living, you know, our artistic lives kind of under the radar. So we've yeah. always, you know, kind of like, you know, thinking, wow, I have something to say, you know, like, and so we, we have this this kind of attitude yeah we had a, we had a despair through our career too you know really wanting to get up in the plateau and stuff like that and get heard you know a lot more and we had uh, difficulty you know through the years and stuff like that so uh you know it gave gave more uh more of a desperate feel from the beginning you know and blood and belligerence too we like that street attitude yeah so part, part, part of the the thing is that like even though you're desperate you are kind of sticking to your guns, like, you know, yeah. like, you know, you, you keep this bedrock, you know, this kind of this integrity in the groove of the song and the feel of the song, where as some people get desperate and they start writing real candy ass shit, thinking, oh, I can get very popular this way. You know what I'm saying? But we, yeah, we stuck to our guns. Definitely. I mean, that's what the song Caveman Logic is about. It's yeah. about staying in the niche. Uh, yeah. So we, you know, you know, we'd rather, you know, fucking die than fucking, you know, give in to going la la la, you know, doing all that kind of commercial <laughs> sellout stuff. Hell yeah, hell yeah, man. Well, speaking of sticking to your guns, man, let's go all the way back to the beginning. What what got you guys into making music in the very beginning? Oh, uh, I started I started playing music professionally when I was eleven on stage three nights a week. And uh, oh, I was to, playing in Vegas when I was three, dude. Jesus. What are you talking about? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> when I was 18 months, my folks stood me on a jukebox and I sang Tennessee 34. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. Yeah, my parents used to stand me up in a delicatessen where they used to eat and they used to stand me up on the jukebox and I knew the words to the songs 18 months already. And I could sing the songs for people. And they started, you know, putting more money in the jukebox. They'd say, look at this little baby up there, you know. And uh, so it was kind of inbred, you know. My mother was a, a professional cocktail lounge singer. Uh, and she toured with the USO with uh, Bob Hope uh, in the Korean War, uh, right, you know, when I was born. And uh, I started playing when I was about 11 and a half. And uh, I was my to show the despair. My first band was called the Shades of Darkness. So if that gives any idea, you know, it's kind of like I was into all of the uh, I was into the Mercy Beat sound, of course. You know, the Beatles, the Dave Clark Five, the Stones, bands like that. But I was also into the American Answer to that, which we now 
uh, called Garage, which is really, to me, the beginnings of punk. Mm-hmm. You know, it had that gritty feeling and that, that uh, it, it had that street, that feeling to it, you know, downer. And uh, I started playing three nights a week. And I, by the time I was 14, I was playing four nights a week. And uh, I started skipping school. And, <laughs> you know, uh, I, was, I was playing a very, very long time. You know, we used to play at the army posts and church dances and fire halls and places like that, you know that dances and stuff so uh you know i i don't really know where sonny sonny started his stuff i guess with fury yeah i was i was starting early too you know i mean i picked up a guitar and i wrote a song on it and all the kids in the neighborhood learned that one song actually if you you know go to their house today they can also pick up a guitar and play that one song on one string on their <laughs> But, um, yeah, you know, both of us started quite early and, um, you know, we just, uh, you know, carried on just writing and, you know, recording and stuff uh, through our lives. Hell yeah, man. Um, I got to ask you, man, like, I mean, I know, uh, well, well, for Bobby, man, like with Pentagram, dude, like you guys definitely influenced a huge, huge amount of uh of subgenre that's very popular now today with you know doom metal and stone rock and stuff like that like um how, how does that feel do you ever think about that like do you ever look it's, back it's on very it? very pleasing to me it's uh you know it makes me feel good inside that i was able to influence a lot of people i'm not into doom metal myself in in quotes as such uh a lot of people say pentagram is doom metal i consider it's just heavy hard rock mm-hmm. but uh you know it had that downtrodden thing to it, and it's uh, it's real flattering, man. Of course, you know, the hell of a compliment to know that you influence, you know, thousands of people and stuff like that. And of course, there's a lot of hundreds of bands who recorded our songs and covered them and stuff like that, you know. And it's it's really good feeling, you know. Of course, it's gratifying, you know. Hell yeah! All right, I got a qu- I got some questions for you guys coming in from the listeners. Uh, Leviathan wants to know how stoned are you guys right now? Stoned is your mama. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Good answer. And hopping around on one leg. <laughs> hopping around on Dancing one leg. Dancing with a chair in the corner. Doing the bunny hop. <laughs> uh, next question. Secret Weapon wants to know who spent the most time in jail in the band? Oh, that's... I don't know. Now that I just always just going to say me, but then I said I don't know. No, I got two. I got two years for one joint, so I think I, I weigh in on that one. Yeah, yeah. So you probably spent more time. Uh, I don't know. I, I might have spent more collective time altogether, but uh, <laughs> he had true. more uh, consecutive running. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, next question, Lady Red wants to know: What do you guys prefer, bubble baths or showers? Um, I like lighter fluid myself. <laughs> lighter fluid. I like dry ice because it's dry ice and lighter really fluid. good. It takes your skin off, you know? <laughs> Fuck. Depends on, depends on the mood, you know. Sometimes a bubble bath will be uh, relaxing. Sometimes you're in a hurry, you know. Shower. It's usually the shower that, uh, you know, takes precedence because uh, you don't have time for the bubble bath, right? I mean, you can fit more people into the bubble bath. That's probably. true. That is an asset to the bubble bath, you know. So, 
sucks. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, let me Thank see. you, Lady Red. <laughs> there you go, Lady Red. Uh, Miss Moonshine wants you to know that she fucking loves you. We love her too. That's, we, are, we are fucking complete hippies and are loving back. Hell yeah. Another question, uh, Secret Weapon wants to know, who drinks all the beer? Not me. We don't really drink all the beer. We leave some for Jimmy. That's true. Yeah, we leave Jimmy a couple of a couple of bottles, you know, usually. Yeah. I think we it's only kind drink of... a couple of the cases between the two of us and Yeah. We gotta leave some for Jimmy. <laughs> right on. Uh next question. Viogez wants to know, have you ever put your dick in the mashed potatoes? <laughs> yeah, like uh only for your mama. Like I you know, I just you know it felt natural, right? Have to be honest here. It you felt know? familiar, huh? <laughs> no, I mean I don't want to disrespect anybody's mom, but you know, yeah. also I don't want to disrespect mashed potatoes. So I'm just kind of a fair and balanced person, you know. There you go. Yeah, mashed potatoes is pretty good, man. I don't know if I yeah, do that. There's, do that. we should not like you know take it for granted and start using it as a sexual aphrodisiac. Aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question Paula wants to know what do you think about nude beaches I love them we just don't have any here <laughs> oh wait a minute maybe in, in uh, Cali yeah, in California I don't know they're fine with me you can see all my scars from all of my uh, escapades where I got caught in the uh, syring syringy world <laughs> I like them long as Bobby's not coming at me on one of them <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Carl wants to know who gets the most panties tossed at him on stage? Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. He gets a lot of guys' underwear thrown up at him. <laughs> guys' underwear. We're just picking on Jimmy. No, I don't know. Poor Jimmy. Know. That's a loaded <laughs> question. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Leviathan. Uh, next question. Leviathan wants to know: sausage or tuna? Um, if the tuna is clean, then uh... Leviathan. You know, Zero. I think you ought to just kind of like maybe go to church or something Sunday and just get this thing straightened out. Yeah, you you got a little a couple of issues. It seems like, huh? Yeah. You guys got some strange <laughs> questions, man. Yeah. Next, next question: Have you guys ever accidentally burned down a venue when uh, playing? Unfortunately, I was doing something very stupid in CBGB's once, and I I lit a bar stool on stage, and um, the, you know the, the plastic part of it, and it caught onto a poster, and the luckily the sprinkling system in wow. the club turned on and the board got all wet and the people got wet. Are you serious? I was, was 86th from the club for a little while, but you know, <laughs> that's just dumbass shit, you know? Yeah, I've never had that one. Yeah. Alright, next question. Ashley wants to know uh, any crazy backstage experiences? Tons. Yeah, yeah lots of, just yeah. a few. <laughs> Yeah, there have been quite a few, a lot. What's one that sticks out in your mind? Mm. 
plenty of them. It's just, there's not any particular one. You know, there's been, I mean, I, I really don't want to, you know, get this too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm kind of, I have to live by my own words, what I just said to Leviathan. You know, shit went down in backstages that, you know, you don't want the kids <laughs> yeah, to hear about. Yeah, backstage is kind of like your dirty laundry, you know. Yeah. You don't want the kids to hear about it. You don't want the horses to hear about it. It's just, you know, happens. Yeah. Sometimes the sheep can hear about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Uh, <laughs> Next question. Lady Red wants to know, uh, what do you guys wear? Uh, boxer briefs or nothing when you're playing on stage? In my case, nothing. Uh, no, nothing underneath uh, what I'm showing. <laughs> sort of. Whatever. <laughs> there you go. I don't know how to fuck to answer that. <laughs> I like boxer briefs, but I don't wear them on stage. You know? I don't wear anything under my uh, outfit. My outfit, my attire. <laughs> stage guard, baby. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, was, I was a runaway kid on my own since I'm 13, so that was a when you're on the streets and you know you're navigating around that was kind of a luxury so i go just with the pants there you go man uh next question uh blondes brunettes or redheads all of them bald please hell yeah (laughs) good answer love them all you got to right Mm mm-hmm absolutely Bald, bald with a real bad attitude carrying an axe how about that? Yeah. There you go. Uh, next question. Any favorite horror movies? Wow. I like classic horror movies, actually. For real, real. And, uh, you know, I like the original Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, of course, stuff like that. Um, I was into the 80s gore thing when it first happened. You know, late 70s, 80s stuff. You know, the Jason, the Freddy. Uh, Freddy scared the shit out of me the first time I saw Freddy. I mean, that that was horrifying. It was. But uh, I like a, a lot of old old movies. I like the movie White Zombie a whole lot. A lot of 30s, you know, the classic horror movies. They have a creepy uh, atmosphere about them. You know, they just have that. There. Now they really look seedy. You know? I like um, Eraserhead and um, Nosferatu, but one time when I was a kid, they used to drop off kids in New York to the movie theater on the weekend, and kids would sit in there for and see like a bunch of features, you know, for kids, Disney stuff and whatnot, and the guy, either it was a joke or a mistake, but the whole theater full of kids without any adults, because you just got dropped off, and... Uh, Suddenly on the screen, the text came up and it said, whatever happened to baby Jane? And we're looking at that. And I think all those kids in the audience went on to form like bands, you know, because like they had to get it out of their system because it's very shocking. That was a great movie. That was fantastic. Whatever happened to baby Jane? When I first saw that, that was really it was shocking. It was great. I was like, you know, like five or six years old, you know, and like it, it was really shocking for kids so i feel sorry for the rest of the kids they're probably mostly in jail or something by now it's you know (laughs) scarred for life (laughs) hell yeah next question uh paula wants to know she says you guys all have different styles what made you want to come together and mesh your sounds well i was talking to bobby and um he was introduced to my music by a 
mutual friend. This friend had been driving tour um, bus for me, and had he'd known Bobby for a while. Bobby heard my stuff, and then Bobby called me, and we were just talking and having a good time on the phone. I'd never heard Pentagram, and Bobby sent me some stuff, and I listened to it, and some of the earlier Pentagram reminded me slightly of the kind of vibe from Blue Cheer, and, yeah. and I really like Blue Cheer a lot. And so, and, and you know, we, we just started talking, and, and I, I liked Bobby's voice, and uh, I knew he could write cool lyrics, and it just kind of evolved, you know. We, we decided to record together and see, see what happened, and we knew... We knew it probably would come out okay, especially with Jimmy on bass and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we we were from different styles. But then, again, um, at first when I, I wrote some riffs and I told Hugo to go in the studio and, like, you know, record them more in a Doom style. And I, I told that to Bobby. He goes, no, I, I want to make an album with, you know, like with a kick-ass attitude, you with know. attitude, so, street yeah. attitude, belligerence, yeah. you know. So we just kind of took the, the riffs as they were and just kind of, you know, just added, added the, Bobby wrote the lyrics. I think we wrote about nine or ten, nine songs, and Hugo wrote a couple songs, and, like, uh, we just got together and did it. We we had a feeling it might come out cool. Hell yeah! Well, it definitely yeah. Sonny and I always got along on the phone. I mean, we had fun. We were like like Sonny's mentioned in, in a few uh, past articles and reviews and interviews and stuff. We kind of uh, if we were in school early, you know, like in elementary school or junior high school, we would have been the two kids who got thrown out of class all the time for fucking around, and fucking around you know, and having yeah. fun. Hell yeah! Uh, next question, Miss Moonshine wants to know, what's your favorite band of all time and why? Uh, oh, my God. That is a hard question, isn't it? It's like, um, depends on, you know, what day of the week, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, all the Pentagram albums at the end of them say, and of course, Blue Cheer in the thank yous. Blue Cheer were a huge influence to me uh, when I first heard that because of the bombastic volume assault, which and the wild uh, ambulance guitar I call it, you know the, the constant feedback and stuff like that. Blue Cheer were one of my favorite bands, and also I was influenced real heavily uh, by the '60s, uh, mid '60s band, uh, the Bonwell Music Machine. Uh, they had a hit with Talk Talk and the people in me and the music machine were like the most downer downtrodden band uh, sean bonnerwell was a kind of troubled soul always uh he became later a born again christian and uh he, he wrote a lot of stuff that was really bummed out and dis and full of despair you know like he just couldn't get it you know uh, and and he was desperate and always so the music machine and blue cheer were two of my biggest influences i love stray and the groundhogs also very very much yeah and, uh, i've, I've you know, i like uh, everything from like howlin wolf to fairport convention um just a lot of different things you know um one thing i did an interview and someone said um at the end of the interview do you have anything you want to admit and i said well i like the monkeys you know and um you know but i i loved led zeppelin's first album you know the velvet underground i mean i didn't hear the velvet underground till way later i was already 
had played, you know, my own gigs and stuff, and someone did a review of one of my songs and mentioned them, so I listened to them. And uh, but yeah, it's really soul music from the sixties, you know, yeah. just you know, sound stuff, and and I love the blues, man. I mean, you know, it all comes from the blues to me, basically. Yeah. That's one of the things that, you know, we when we were talking on the phone, we, we kind of had in common, you know, like, oh, what do you think of the kinks? You know, love them, you know, you know, what do you think of this and that? You know, love it, you know, so it's really hard to narrow it down to the mm-hmm. most favorite group, though. Yeah. All right. Next I love my favorite album of all time is Raw Power. Okay, that's my favorite album, hands down. There's no question about it. Raw Power is it to me. Great album. Yep. Hell yeah! Next question: uh, Who came up with the band name, and what is it, what does it mean to you guys? That was Bobby. Um, we were tossing around band names back and forth, and like you know, I, getting, I was getting lists from everybody, and it was starting to get really depressing. You know, not to the point of suicide, but you know, like uh, you know, like telephone booth massage artists you know and just all crazy stuff you know ice cream thievery you know and it was like uh really hard to come up with a name and bobby had one in his hip pocket you can tell about that bobby yeah i I wanted to call a band uh you know there's another band that was named that but years ago a kind of a very commercialized band but uh i had to name the limit and i was going to uh form a band in around 2015 with a couple other people I know, a uh, guy, uh, Scott uh, Wino Weinrich from The Obsessed, and uh, uh, Sarah Abrams, Amot, Claudius, a.k.a., <laughs> uh, and we were going to form a band, and I said, let's call it The Limit. And I kept the name kind of uh, really low-key when we didn't do that, and just kept it and kept it and said, well, someday... I want a band called The Limit because that kind of extends it all the way to The Limit, you know? Yeah. Wow, so wow. You, you almost did it. You almost had a band with Wino. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, Wino and I have known each other for 40 plus years. We used to play gigs uh, when we were called Death Row in the Death Row era of Pentagram. We used to play a lot of gigs with the Obsessed in the very early days. The Obsessed, Hellion, and Asylum, we became unorthodox. And, uh, you know, we played a lot of places together. So I've known him a long, long time. You know, and Sarah's been a dear friend also for 15, 20 years now, you know. So, oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Wino, Wino's a cool dude, man. I've had him on the show before, man. He was, uh, he was definitely cool. Yeah, Scott's a buddy. Um, next question. Have you guys ever played in Canada or do you plan to? <laughs> That's I mean, the we, one we country played. that wouldn't let me in. <laughs> I played Canada many times. <laughs> I played there a lot of times and I love it, but, um, the limit has never played there, but you know, I, I played there with, uh, with my different lineups and stuff. Yeah. So what's coming up next for you guys with the limit, man? Do you guys have any plans for the future? Uh, yeah, yeah, tentative, yeah. Yeah, you know, we've got offers for shows, but we just got to wait till, you know, this whole pandemic thing kind of, you know, subsides and then we can, you know, get energized and kick it. Yeah, when things are, when things kind of subside, you know, and simmer down a little bit, we'll get going, you know, and do some things like that. 
I'm sure Sonny's going to pursue his career as he as he's always done, and I'm going to pursue my other things as I've always done. But you know, we definitely want to do things with the limit, and we definitely also uh, already talked about doing a second album. We definitely want to do that. That's in the yeah, it's earmarked. You know. Nice. Yeah, that was, that was going to be my next question. Uh, like musically wise, you know, like what are you guys? What are you guys doing uh, as far as uh, coming up? Like, are you, you gonna? So, there's new. Uh, there's gonna be new pentagram, new testers, and new limit coming out at some point. Yeah, I'm working on some tester stuff, but that's that's kind of in you know it's a little bit on the back burner right now. I'm I got a solo thing coming out at some point. Bobby's got different pentagram releases coming out, but you know, I mean, I I, I was thinking of like getting in a black death metal band playing tambourine because i can really you know put some fire behind the whale on a tambourine man. <laughs> I, can really, I got like a i got a lightning bolt you know like kind of screen pressed onto the tambourine but that, that didn't work out nobody wanted me so i guess i'll just keep doing my normal stuff you know yeah if you've ever seen the picture of me online playing the tuba that's always been my aspiration <laughs> you badass on the tuba. yeah i'm badass on that you know but yeah, seriously, we um we, we, we are going to do, you know, what we usually do, you know, with our stuff, you know, our music. But the limit has gained like a very special place for us. It's it's very, yeah. um, you know, precious to us. And we're we're totally behind it. And, you know, we'll, we'll continue to make albums with the limit. Hell yeah. Uh, another question. Blackie wants to know, did you guys ever know Gigi Allen? I didn't know him. I knew Merle. Not well, but uh, I don't know if Sonny did. He might have. I met him a couple of times. Um, I mean, it, it was some of it was like crazy, you know. In Minneapolis, he he did a gig, and um, I wasn't at the gig, but I was um, connected to the the whole bunch of them after the gig. And we were at a house, and apparently, Gigi had like cut open his leg with a hunting knife but not just the i mean like really deep you know the skin and into the muscle and at the party he was sewing it up with dental floss it was just really <laughs> yeah Gigi was a bit troubled <laughs> i can't imagine him in today's world man with the the way that things are nowadays man like he I don't think it would last very long, you know? I don't think so, but R.I.P. anyway, you know? He was uh, an innovator, let's put it that way, somewhat, Hell I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. All right, well, I'm about out of questions for you guys. Is there anything else you want to let the people know? Well, they they can, uh, you know, just enjoy the music, and we, we had a great time making it. And, um, you know... Just hang tight, you know, hang tight. Yeah, we hope to get more when this stuff is, when this uh, COVID shit is over with or, you know, pipes down a bit more. So uh, we hope they'll keep listening and thank them very much. We want to thank them for uh, for all their kind of appreciation and, you know, the respect they've given us, the, the articles that have come out. I, I can't believe the reviews and, and stuff like that. So thank you guys all out there. We love you. And, uh, yeah, this has been a really cool reception, and we do want to thank everybody. <laughs> yeah, going to take it to the limit. Hell yeah, man. Take it. <laughs> well, before I let you guys go, i got to get you to make us some uh, station tags, all right? 
Sure. Sure. All right. Whenever you're ready, uh, each one of you say something like, uh, like Bobby say, this is Bobby from Pentagram and the Limit, and you're listening to Metal Devastation Radio. Okie dokie. Hi, this is Bobby Liebling. I'm from Pentagram and the Limit, and uh, you're listening to Zach Moonshine on Metal Devastation Radio. Uh, yeah. This is Sonny Vincent from The Limit and badass black death metal tambourine that I play in a ferocious manner. And uh, I just want to say thank you. I love it. I love it, man. You guys, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play some more of The Limit for these motherfuckers so they can go crazy, all right? Hey, yeah. thank you. Enjoy, Appreciate enjoy it. it. Yep. All right. Thank you for the interview. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. All right. Take care now. Uh huh. Bye bye. Bye bye. There you have it, folks. The Limit live on the Zach Moonshine Show with Metal Devastation Motherfucking Radio. Like I said earlier, put your speakers in your fucking windows. Put them in your front lawns. Put them wherever the fuck you can, man. If you're sitting in your basement, tape your fucking speakers to your fucking ceiling and crank this shit up, motherfucker. Make everybody, if, if you don't see fucking U-Haul trucks everywhere tomorrow, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you ain't cranking it up fucking loud enough, man. I'm serious. Crank it up.